Um, you know, I, I love my, my wife as it is, but, but she just flows. We're so, we flow in ministry so well together. And, um, and, you know, we haven't ministered together for a while, have we? You know, we really need to. Um, but, but Corin was so spot on with, with what, I, what I was sensing in my heart. It's been grieving, grieving, grieving to see the older brother of the prodigal son be so bitter. Um, and um, you know the story of the prodigal son. It's called the prodigal son, and I, it's not my message today, but who knows where it'll go. But, but it's, you know, in the story of the prodigal son, you know, Bible translators and, and people who print it, you often title that passage, the prodigal son. But it literally doesn't say that. that that's not the, what the Word of God says. It doesn't call it the story of the prodigal son. It literally says, starts out and it says, a man had two sons. That's the first sentence. A man had two sons. And then if you look at the verses, half of it is the story of the prodigal son. And the other half is the story of the older brother. And, and, and what you see is, is you see this one that went and lived righteous living and insulted his father and wished he was dead and took his money and, you know, offense, offense, offense. And then he comes back and the, the older brother is ticked off because he has been working. He doesn't deserve grace. He doesn't deserve to be seen as a son. He doesn't re deserve restoration. He doesn't deserve. And, and, and I love the question that people have asked. They, they've asked, they said, what would have happened if that prodigal had ran into the older brother first? I'm sad to say that that is exactly what's happened in the church by and large today. There are loads of people who will not step into church because they've run into the older brother. They have found religion and they have found hatred, they found animosity, they found unforgiveness and a lack of grace. I just heard a story, just in fact, I, I read it on, I think it was on the plane or I don't know, um, recently, just in the last few days. There were, a funny enough, story originates from South Africa, where we were just at. The, the guy who co-founded the Satanist church in South Africa has come to know Jesus. And... Um, and, and in his testimony that he posted, um, I, something I've seen and encountered across my, across my years was, and, and it just, it, it's been burdening me because he, he, he speaks truth. He says, he says you know, that one, um, he was in church years and years and years ago before he founded the, so he co-founded the Satanist church. And you can look it up, I'm sure, on YouTube or wherever. And um, he, he, he co-founded the Satanist church, but he was in church. So in any case, he co-founded Satanist church. Now, account, many of you wouldn't know this if you've never looked into Satanism at all, but most Satanists don't literally worship the devil. They aren't wor devil worshipers. Um, they, 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 they've rejected God. They've rejected religion. They basically are very self-oriented, very self-worshipping. They, they, they believe who, what, and what they feel is, is sub. So, I mean, I mean, I won't go into Satanism, but if you, if you lo had looked into it, don't, I'm not asking you to go into Satanism, but, um, but in any case, long story short, he had been in the church, had been hurt in the church. Heard this story before? Hurt in the church. And, and like many others, he said the majority, he says, the majority of people in the Satanist church were once Christians. The majority of the people in the Satanist church have been hurt by churches and, and Christians. Prodigal sons, I guess. The majority. He said, you know what changed his life? You know what affected him? He met four Christians that loved him. 
who really loved him. He said he was doing a radio interview about the Satanist church. And after the interview, when he was pulling, he was railing on Christians and everything else, there was a lady by the name he gives Amy who came up to him and loved him and hugged him. She, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe that he had been experienced love, especially after what he had just said on the radio. And so he experienced that a couple of times, but it was that I think Amy was the last straw. And he says he had an experience when he was doing a satanic ritual that Jesus appeared to him. And he said, I didn't even know it. I said, he said, I basically, I was like, yeah, whatever. You'd have to prove who you are when Jesus appeared to him. And Jesus flooded him with love. Flooded him with love. And he recognized that was the feeling that he got from Amy. He recognized the feeling. It makes me think of that scripture where it says that God loves his enemies. He does good to them that hate him. You see, if you've never experienced unconditional love, if you've never experienced that, then we don't have that to give. We feel like we need to be the ones who are going to throw the first rocks at the woman caught in the act of adultery. We feel like we've got to do God's job because she, he sure isn't. God is fair. God is fair and he's going to give. He's going to show that person. Well, wouldn't you have liked to be treated that way when you were a sinner? Right? Yeah. You know, we, we, we talk about love and love is far more than a doctrine. Love is, love is the center point of everything in the gospel. God is a God of love. You know, I finished that series a little while ago, um, just before I left, in fact, and I called it Rightly Divide. And I, and, I, and I expressed, you know, how important it is for us to get founded in the word of God, but how, it, how, how, how life flows from Jesus is the very logos of God. He is the very express image of God, right? And, and, and so, so we see this Jesus that has manifested. Jesus, when he loved on the woman caught in the act of adultery, when he loved on Zacchaeus, when he loved on all these people, the, the, the demoniac and, and all of these people that could run up to him and never experience condemnation. Never experience condemnation. You know, so, you know, in, in, in that beautiful experience, I said one of, you know, one of the rightly, you know, I mean, we're going to reteach that old series and like go and listen to it, but it's so important for us to be able to, one, get rooted in ground in the Word of God and know how to rightly divide the Word of God. We need to know how to accurately discern the Word of God because if you don't know that there's covenants, there's an old covenant and there's a new covenant and you don't, and you don't filter things through the life of Jesus and the way he spoke to me because he's the express image of his being, right? Remember, we've, we've gone all that exactly the way Jesus is is the way God is he came to show and reveal us to him and then of course love and, and, and we finished on the note no God's love God is love he has loved and always will love he speaks a language of love not in human definitions of love but he is love he is love that's why first John 4 says he who loves knows God but he who loves not does not know God because God is love let me tell you something. We get so bent out of shape about how this world is going to get reached. And we think, well, we've all got to be send evangelists or we've got to be an evangelist and knock on doors and yell, repent, repent. 
because, you know, that sounds weird and those weirdos we've all met and seen on the street corners or whatever, we don't want to be one of them, but we feel like, oh, I'm not going to do it, so I'm just going to do nothing. Let me tell you, before you even think about speaking about Jesus, love people. That's it. That is it. If we, yes, little Lake Haven, if we gave some radical commitment to love like Jesus loves, we would change the world. We would change the world. If we could love like Amy loved. You know, this guy, I forget his name, Swigalar, I think was his last name, but I can't remember the Satanist guy. And um, no longer. You know, he said in his, and I actually had a copy of the article because, and I wrote it, put it, put it down because it's just, like I said, it's been disturbing me. And he says, you know, I won't go to church because I have never seen a church that loves. Ouch. Ouch. Never seen a church that loves. Sure. Man, people, do we have a job? But isn't it an exciting job? If we get commissioned, Lord, I can just love like you have loved. And you know what? If you don't know that love, praise God. Just need to open your heart and ex experience firsthand unconditional love. Because God loves you that way. That has never been the standard. That has never been the requirement, I should say. It's never been the requirement to earn God's love. God loves us as much as he ever will. He loves you as much as he ever did before. And while you were a sinner and I were a, as a sinner, he's loved us. He's loved us. That doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. It just means that he loves you. But that religion, that religious mindset of God is so destructed. I hate religion. It is, I, I honestly believe the spirit of Antichrist rules in religion. I want us thinking about it sometime. I want to have an anti-religious billboard on 441. I want to have an anti-religion, no religion allowed on our digital board. You know, a big, like no religion allowed. Because we are not religious. And I'm sorry if I offend you because you think that religion is, I don't, I don't agree. Religion is not good. And true a true relationship with Jesus is not about ritual and sanct it's not about ritual and it's not it's not a religion it's not a religion it's not a religion it truly is about an experience an ever day present experience with the relationship of knowing he who is alive and well the living Jesus that's about knowing him it's about knowing him if you're not experiencing a living relationship with Jesus, you ought to be. And it should be a daily experience where you can have life and experience life abundantly. Because that's what, that's what true living is about. That's what abundant living is about. Amen. <laughs> uh, it's fun, people. We've got to learn. It's a challenge to love. Let it be a challenge. Yes, to everybody. <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> In case for those you who don't know, it's my father. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been, I am blessed by great parents, as many of you know. And, but uh, tell you what, what an exciting time we're living in. I, I do truly believe that. If, you, if we will just experience the unconditional love, and I'm not talking about the doctrine of love, I'm talking about the experience of love.
Let's not talk about, just talk about the doctrine of love. Let's, let's lay hold of love. If you do not feel love, if you feel condemned, you're the one that can resist God because I'm telling you, God's oceans of love, that beautiful psalm, I can't even remember it, when ink, how does it go? Oceans, if, 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 uh, if skies were a parchment and the oceans were ink, man, it was a, such a beautiful old script. But I mean, it's like, man, talk about God's love. It would drain the oceans dry to write about his love. Man, what a beautiful old psalm. I mean, hymn, whatever it was. Sure. Yeah, but if we, we, we can change the world if we learn to love. Because I tell you what, that's when people will come up to you asking you for the reason for the hope that's within you. Why do you love so much? What, 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 why doesn't it bother you that's what's happening here and what's happening there? I tell you what Corin touched on with this whole thing in America. It's got the, it, it, we're not going to let America be ripped apart. I love this country. I'm very, very grateful for this country and air conditioning. So, <laughs> no, but I, mean, I, love, I love America. But, and I'm grateful for this beautiful nation that has sent so many people and gospel and preachers to the ends of the earth. And, but, I, but I tell you what, we have got a, we've got a calling on, on us to not let this go. We have got to love one another. We can't be part of this religious thing where it's, it's like we're seen as that because that's exactly what the world thinks Christians are like. That's why they, they want to hate Christians. Why? Because that's what Christians have done. Christians have committed murder. They've mur- you know that Christians, quote-unquote, Christians have murdered abortion doctors thinking that they're doing God a favor. That's how twisted it is. Man, that is not a revelation of understanding the love of God. Shannon, are you saying that we can? No, I'm just, listen, guys. Jesus paid the penalty for every sin. You know that the sin of the world, right, was taken. Every sin was taken. On the, every sin was paid for by that precious blood. Every sin. But if we roll up our older brother's sleeves and try and feel like we have got to make our little, our prodigal sons pay on their way back to Jesus, I tell you what, that's not as not how the gospel it works. It's not how the world is going to get saved. But you, Lake Haven, you, those of you watching online, you know the truth. You have got the ability to receive this immense love and be a tool in his hands to take it to the world. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, it's easy. It's going to be fun. It's fun to receive the love of God. It's even more fun to be a part of loving people with the love of God. And, um, and so that kind of brings me to, to my message, you know, because um, I felt that the, the word was repent. <laughs> Sorry, I, I startled some of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might not mean what you think. The word repent does, might not mean what you think. Um, uh, there... In, 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 a, in adopting an attitude and a demeanor or an action of repentance, I, we, we're going to talk a little bit about this today, and it's going to set us up for, for experiencing victory in our life. And, I, and so I really want to unpack that because, of course, any of you who have had any sort of religious background or maybe experienced that kind of street corner or whatever, maybe even one of those older brother sorts in your life, you've got that idea 
that mean idea of somebody yelling at the word repent to you and you better shape up you better stop sinning or otherwise something is going to god is going to get you god is going to get you with something real bad if you don't stop sinning and get yourself right now we we touch on this we we explained the word the true meaning of the word repent but but let me just let me get to this first over here in um uh where is it in John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 verse 2 says this of course repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand John the Baptist had a baptism of repentance and he says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand that was what he said in the very next chapter in Matthew 4:17 Jesus says this in verse 17 from that time Jesus began to preach saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand the very same words John the Baptist and then Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, the word repent, as, as you've heard me break down many times, many of you know it, you've studied, you're, you're, a part, you're, you're good students and of the word of God, but the word repent in Greek is metanoia. It literally means noia is your thought life, your, 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 how you think, and meta means to change, like metamorphosis. Metanoia means, meta, means to change your mind change the way you think and so when john the baptist was coming and preached this listen guys change the way you think change the way you think because the kingdom of heaven is at hand you know they had been embroiled in this religious system um, that the Jew, that the jewish system had become it had become a terrible religion that's what it was nothing good about it, it was a terrible religion and I'm not saying that, that it, I mean, we see the Pharisees and we see the Sadducees and we see how they killed Jesus and how they argued about this. It was just, it had become a religion, of course. So, so here's John the Baptist saying, change your mind, people. The kingdom of heaven, everything that's, that's, that's been written about in Scripture is, is about to come. Jesus comes on and, I mean, on the scene. Uh, John the Baptist, of course, as you know, baptizes Jesus. Jesus starts his ministry and says the same things. Be, change your minds, folks. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we see the good news of the kingdom. In fact, in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, Jesus says this, but he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for this, for I was sent, sorry, for this purpose. This is the reason Jesus was sent to what? To preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Notice. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. Okay, the kingdom is at hand. Here is the good news of the kingdom of God. We see that again in Luke 8 verse 1. Soon after, he went through the cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. Luke 16. You know, when, before I read this next verse over here, um, I, touched on, I touched on this when we spoke about rightly dividing the word of God. I spoke about how important it is to understand the old prophet or the old the old covenants which often referred to in jesus time remember jesus when jesus was walking on the earth remember there wasn't an old covenant yet because he was still the old covenant was still active the old covenant was only put into 
action when Jesus was on the cross and he said, Tetelestai, it is finished. The, court, the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the temple where the Ark of the Covenant was standing, the presence of God was, all the systems that had been initiated by the Mosaic law and the Mosaic thing, all of that was part of the Old Covenant. And when Jesus said, it is finished, as we talked about in the last series, the curtain tore from top to bottom, shh, way to the holy of holies god was no longer behind a curtain in a box or at a box their mercy seat it wasn't the whole old way of dealing with god was now changed and then of course jesus doesn't stop there because we know he goes to death he experiences death hell and the grave the punishment for the sin of the world three days later after defeating death hell and the grave he rises to victory right and takes his blood to the true mercy seat in heaven the real one that once and for all, the whole book of Hebrews talks about, once and for all, once and for all, for all sin, for all men, all, 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 for once he tits the blood on the, his blood on the mercy seat, then a new covenant was established, which we celebrate when we have communion. The new covenant in his blood. Praise Jesus. Woo! <laughs> Good stuff. So the law and the prophets, right? So this one, Luke 16, verse 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, this is Jesus speaking, the good news of the kingdom is preached and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. And we can study this in, in length, but this does not mean that the law is still in effect. It means we do not throw away the law. We do not throw away anything from Genesis to Malachi. That is part of Scripture. It is God-breathed. It's, it's useful for teaching, for doctrine, for teaching us in, in righteousness and so on. So we don't throw away. We don't ignore what we've learned through this process because there were shadows with the Jesus and the, and the New Testament and Colossians teaches us and Galatians teaches us and so many of the New Testament uh, apostles teach us that that law was a shadow, shadow, shadow. Do you know that Sabbath is a shadow for you, for people who, there's some Christians that don't live, they live in the law. They still live in the law. They try and keep feasts. Colossians talks about that. Why are you trying to keep feasts? This was a shadow. Sabbath was a shadow. It was a type. It was a, and now in the New Testament, we understand from the shadow that it's a, it's a type of rest. So, so much of the Old Testament is beautiful types and shadows that we can understand, but it is not the reality in themselves. It is just the shadow, right? So we see all of these beautiful types and shadows in the Old Testament. So not one dot or tittle of, of the law, of what is written in the law. of part. We still refer to these things, but we have to pass any truth or anything. We've got to pass it through the understanding of what Jesus brought to us, what he, the light, brought. We, we interpret the shadow from the light and not the light from the shadow. Can you imagine if you, you watched the shadow of somebody being attacked and you saw two shadows doing something in the hallway over there and when the police came to ask you if you were a witness and you said, yes, I know exactly who it was. And they, they asked you and you said, well, I could see the shadows. I could see the one person raising up a knife and I could see this blah, 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 blah. And it, it would be ridiculous to try and explain the truth from the shadow right because if all you've seen is the shadow you wouldn't understand the truth 
It becomes an element that gives you a hint. And, and the New Testament says, man, it says that the prophets long to see the things that we were getting to look at. They long to look into these things. They didn't know. I mean, Isaiah, I love the book of Isaiah. Man, he, you think that Isaiah knew it all because the way he speaks, because it's just the, the, whole, the whole thing about the suffering servant and, and the covenant that he was going to make. And it is so clear in the, in the book of Isaiah. And, and, and yet he didn't. He was just prophesying, prophesying as the Lord led him. It's just amazing to me. It's just, just amazing. Anyhow. But the good news of the kingdom was coming. The good news of the kingdom of God was coming. And, and, and the kingdom of God is a place where we Christians, as, and we, we, can, we can deal with this in, in an upcoming time, but, but remember, we, we did a, I did a series on the kingdom just a little while ago, but, but there is a place that we understand that the kingdom is where we get to choose to live. The kingdom is eternal. It, it's a place that we can benefit on. And that not every Christian, I'm going to say this very, 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 very explicitly, not every Christian can or will live in the kingdom kingdom i'm not talking about going to heaven one day i'm talking about internally experiencing the kingdom of god and we see this in the shadows too we see it even in the book of hebrews says that it says listen guys we've got it we've got to, we've, we've got we have an option to enter his rest this is this is something we can enter and even when the when the when the the, the people of israel were going through they'd left egypt they'd gone through um they'd gone through the red sea and and the the whole red sea experience was a type of baptism it tells us explicitly in the new testament it says that this is a type of baptism and then they went into the wilderness and then in the wilderness they had an element they had they experienced part of god god's experience they uh, um, god's provision they saw water flowing from the rock and they saw manna and they saw quail and they saw a pillar of fire by day and a, and you know a, sorry by night and a cloud by day and and all of these experiences but that was not the promised land they still had a choice whether they were going to enter the rest, Hebrews tells us. They had a choice whether they would enter the rest of the promised land and would, would see and experience what it was like to, to live in the promised land where you had a different kind of provision. You had a different kind of doing life. You had a different, and that is the kingdom. But most Christians, most Christians do not live there. Most Christians live in they, they choose to live in the wilderness because they don't know how to participate in kingdom living. And so Jesus comes here. This is why the word repent is so powerful. The word repent is, guys, be prepared to let go of what you think you know. If you think you know, we'd get told by different teachers in the New Testament, then Jesus said you're, you're blind. If you think you know, you're blind. So be prepared to let it go. Come, learn of me. I will show you how to live freely and lightly. Come, I will show you a way of grace. I will show you a way of mercy. He gets, we get invitations to enter into, into this promised land of what is called living in the kingdom. But you know, uh, this is the purpose of the parables. In fact, um, it, it, we, let's go into this a little bit. In Matthew chapter 13, um, verse 10, the disciples came to him and said, why uh, do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. 
But to them it has not been given. For to, the, uh, for to the one who has, more will be given, and, and he will have an abundance. But from, one who is not, uh, sorry, from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not near, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart, listen, has grown dull, and with their eyes they can barely hear, and their ears they have, they have closed. Their ears they have closed, they, sorry, the eyes they can barely hear, and with their eyes, sorry, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, repent. And I would heal them, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see, here we go, what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. I'm going to go back to that verse there in verse 11. He answered them, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. The parables are not about how to get born again. I know growing up in church, I always tried, when you try and label the way and try and see in every parable that Jesus was trying to tell you how to get, make it to heaven. Because we think when he speaks about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, we think, well, if you can just make it into heaven. No. It's about victorious Christian living, about living in the kingdom. That's why he was saying, repent people. He wasn't, listen, if we try to understand the word repent from the old way and saying, stop sitting, do you, do you think a sinner can stop sinning? By nature, they are a sinner. It's not about stopping to sin. And, and I've got to be careful here but, so that don't just take what I am and running with it. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying we shouldn't stop sinning. I'm saying that the word repent wasn't about stop sinning and then you will get this. It was about change your mind. That is the particular thing. Now, when you change your mind and when you, when you embrace a heart that says, okay, Lord, I'm going to have a teachable heart. I'm not going to decide that I know everything. I'm going to, I'm going to embrace a heart that walks in repentance and, and I'm going to embrace what you tell me. Then suddenly you will have eyes to see and ears to hear because it is a choice and then it is a choice. And when you experience the, 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 the repent, when you experience this, this truth of kingdom living, of what, what God has given us by grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and all these beautiful promises, then guess what? I, my heart is changed. And then from a heart changed, my actions follow. That's why Jesus said, clean the inside of the cup and the outside will be clean automatically. But, but we have this old religious pointing the finger, yelling at people to say, stop sinning, and then you can live like That's all that is behavior modification. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. How many of you have tried to stop sinning and tried and tried and tried? I mean, except there's four of us. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> you can't just stop sinning on your own. But if you embrace a heart of repentance that's willing to change what you believe on the inside, you, when you change what you believe and see and experience with God on the inside, it will change you and outside will automatically start flowing right. The fruits of repentance will become evident. True repentance. The fruits of the decision to believe and to change your thinking will be changed and, and then you will experience God and then you will experience the truth of the kingdom of kingdom living and all of these beautiful things and then guess what? Your life will start looking different. 
The fruit of repentance will come. That is what it change, means from, to change from the inside out. You see, I've said this before. I will say it again many times my whole life. It, it's like you're, if you don't work on your heart, you don't work on your belief system. Remember, your heart is the place where you believe. It's the place where you doubt. It's the place where got, we're told time and time, attempt, time to write on the tables of your heart, to guard your heart. You write on the tables of your heart. You need to guard your heart. You, it says if you do not doubt in your heart. So guess where? It's where you can doubt. If, it's, if you believe in your heart. So, so your heart is up to you and I. The whole parable of the sower. In fact, Matthew 13, this passage we read, is right in the middle of the parable of the sower. It's just between Jesus telling the parable and when Jesus explains the parable. He's talking about parables. He's talking about the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. The whole parable of the sower is about the heart. It's about you, your responsibility, how you're going to use the word of God. Are you going to let the Word of God be seed? Are you going to have a hard heart? Are you going to let it have a little bit of soil? Are you going to let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, choke the Word and make it unfruitful? Or are you going to have a heart that's going to say, I'm going to guard it. I'm going to, I'm going to farm my heart as I say so often. Or are you going to, you're going to let the Word of God change your heart. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, this... In Luke chapter 4, when, when um, Jesus starts his ministry, it says this. It says, um, the spirit of when Jesus you know, turns to the prophet Isaiah, um, as he, it's such a beautiful book, as I said. The, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, verse 18, sorry, Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, I, I want to I touch on the word there um, that said just recovery of sight to the blind because that is not talking about the physical blind because in that case he would say, I came to heal the cripples and to the deaf people and I'm going to do... No, he didn't. He was, he was talking about spiritual blindness. He was talking about a darkness uh, and, and we just read it in Matthew 13 when he's explaining it. He said, you have eyes to see but you're not seeing. You're living in darkness. You see, if you want to be able to see, if you don't want there to be, this is not difficult. I just want you to know, there is no confusion. It's pretty simple if you have a heart of repentance. But if you choose to hold to your religious beliefs, you know what the big excuse is? Oh, it's just too confusing. I don't understand it. It's only confusing if you are unrepentant. Is that silence uncomfortable enough yet? <laughs> no, I, t I tell you what, you have a heart, we have a heart. If you have a heart for Jesus, if you want to walk in his ways, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus and, and you long into, and, to, and you choose to use and to, to receive the word of God, you will understand. It's by faith we understand. Understanding will come. And we don't understand everything all at once, please. Nothing works like that. But it's having a heart of, of saying, okay, Lord, here I am. And that's going to be the challenge for today. Is like, what are you going to do? What will you do? Will you adopt a decision to live a life of repentance? But over here in this passage over here, 
He says, I've come to recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus came to bring recovering of sight to the blind. And, and if you look up that word, it is, you know, anablepo, which means, it literally means recovering of sight. Like if somebody was blind, blepo, anablepo means to restore your sight. So it's re- restoring the sight. It's, it's to be able to see, to be able, because we, if we have no eyes to see, basically, when, when a sinner, th- that's why we can't tell the sinners to repent and stop sinning. They don't even have eyes to see. They can't. Sin- Let me tell you, sinners can't stop having abortions, can't stop committing murder, can't stop, see- they can't. They can't. They cannot. The only way they can stop is by this process about experiencing, and, I, and you know, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about having self-control to a certain degree. That's why we have law and order. That's why we have police, and thank God for our justice system. They should be, they should be murderers should be executed, in my opinion, and all of that, and we can go into all of why, whatever. You know, it's just like, it's like, you know, I, but, but there is a, there is a, it says that the authorities don't bear the sword for nothing. There is a place about, about, you know, that there should be law and order in society, but that's not the place of the church. That's not the place of you and I. I will, I, like I said, I mean, I joked before about pulling the switch or whatever the case is a few, some weeks ago, but, I, but I, I'm telling you that I'll be the first to visit any person in, on death row. I, I'd happily I would happily love on them and hug them and I don't care if you're a murderer or, or, or you've done something. It doesn't matter what you've done because I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace too, right? I've got, I've got nothing that I've earned myself. I, I have righteousness by faith just like the rest of us. We, we didn't do anything to get this righteousness. It was a gift, people. Gift. Gift. Nothing you can do to earn it. It's a gift. Jesus gave it to us. We receive it. And guess what? Let's be freely you have received. Freely give. You know, you know, so we can only just give it on. Pass on this love. Pass on the forgiveness. Any case, Mark 6. Um, you know, I'll just, just pull out this. Many of you know this, this passage. But in the, in the, where Jesus feeds the 5,000 in, in Mark chapter 6. Um, uh, I'm just wondering. I want to go. It says in verse 37, but he answered them, you give them something to eat. And he said to them, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they they found out, they said, we have five and two fish. Verse 39, then he commanded them to sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing, broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to sit before the, apostle, the people. And he divided the two fish amongst them all and they ate and were satisfied. Now that, scripture, that, that piece of scripture in four, verse 41, it says, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. That is literally the same word, anablepo. It basically, Jesus took the fish you see, Jesus said, man, five loaves and two fish. He was tempted just like we are. This is all I have. 5,000 people. This is a stretch. Can't do anything in human ability. So he lifts his, hand, his eyes up to heaven and he recovers his sight. How does it really look? Ah, yep. That's how it works in the kingdom. 
That's how it works in the kingdom. We're not limited by the five loaves and the two fish. He recovers his sight, gives thanks, and breaks it and spreads the word. He recovers his sight. It's the same word. Anablepo. I'm going to finish on this scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, 6. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, though it's not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. Now this is Paul, of course, writing to the, the, um, the, the Corinthians church. To the Corinthian church. Um, he says, we, uh, we, it's not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this, this, this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man, man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But these things, these things God has revealed to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of a person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Listen to this. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, I know that's a chunky piece over here, 6 to 14. But hear what he's saying. He says, listen, guys, there is a wisdom here that is spiritually discerned. It says that no eye has seen or ear heard. Mind has even imagined. Human mind can imagine what God has prepared. And now I'm going to tell you something. That's not just in the sweet by and by. That's right now in the kingdom. He says, but God has revealed this by his spirit. He is constantly the reveal. And Jesus said that in, in John, I think it is 14 somewhere. He, says, he said, but the Spirit will show you everything I've given to you, everything I've said to you. He's going to reveal to you. That's why being, born, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit is so essential. Amen. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need, we need, because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you, and you understand that He is our current comforter and helper and present help in a time of need, He is going to take, He's going to interpret. He, I tell you what, all I could raise, ask hands, but I mean, how many of you after you were filled with the Holy Spirit read your Bible and you were like, whoa, I can, I can read it. I can see. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit starts, to, He's your teacher. He lives inside of you. Spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural man can't understand them. When you walk in the natural, you can't understand it. And now let me just tell you this. This doesn't mean that when you were a sinner. I'm telling you, it's talking about, he's talking to the Corinthians here. They are believers. <coughs> you can choose to walk in the natural, limited, or you can choose to walk by the Spirit. It's our choice. It's your choice, my choice. Every one of ours, it's a choice. If we will choose. Amen. So repentance is simply a choice. To repent is not what you thought it meant. <laughs> it's not what you thought it meant. It means to be willing to change the way you see things. And listen, this is a lifelong process. Don't keep deciding that you know it all. 
Just don't keep deciding that you, you're not a learner. You are, you and I are disciples. We're students. We're here. But you know what? I just thank God that not only are we disciples, we're lovers. Amen. We're lovers. You and I are called to be a lightning rod of love. We plug into heaven's lightning rod of love. We experience it. I was feeling like the Elvis kind of. <laughs> but, but you know what? We can pass that on. But you can't give what you don't have. Neither do, neither do you want to get to the place where you intellectualize, oh, I know what love is, and I'm going to love person this way, and I'm, I'm going to invite this person into my house because that's love. Careful. Careful. There's wisdom. There's, there's ways of how, of how Jesus did love. It's a whole thing. I see a lot of people doing things in the quote-unquote love of God, and I think, that ain't wisdom, and that's not love. That's just codependency. You're not helping one person at all. You're actually hurting them. This area, let me tell you, Lake County, whew, codependency rules, baby. People love to think that they're doing and helping somebody, and they, they're not helping people doesn't help people if people are unwilling to do something there that's a whole nother topic right i'm saying that love like jesus loved is very different to what we are so i'm just going to put that preface that in there we do have to love like jesus loved but we can only do that when we experience the love that he has for us we freely receive that love let's freely give it amen so my challenge to you close your eyes if you would and then let's wrap it up and what, it, what will you do with the choice to repent? Do you want to experience what the kingdom of heaven is about? Do you want to walk in your promised land? Because this is a choice. I can't make it for you. I can't even pray a magic prayer. But I can tell you that if you, your heart before the Lord... And with the honesty and depths of your heart, say, Father, help me. I choose to live a repentant life. I want to learn. Teach me. And you say that from your heart. I tell you what, he will meet you right where you're at. Ask, seek, and knock is always the way he works. When you ask, you will receive. When you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door will be open to you. you, you there, there is a two-way street here. You are the initiator you are the one who opens your your heart you are the one that receives you are the one that chooses to embrace being born again if you have never received this love of God then do it right now just say Lord I, I, I receive that love right now I, I choose to be, to believe what you did for me on that cross Lord Jesus I choose right now I receive that in Jesus name or if you need something else, you need healing in your body or you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, please don't leave without coming to see one of our awesome prayer ministers that are up front. And by the way, they're up front here before services too. So they're awesome. They know how to hear God. They know how to minister to you. But choose how you will respond to this repenting. Will, will you choose to live a life of repentance? We all we are all going to get challenged. We will consistently get challenged. We will live a life where we will, the Lord, the Spirit of God will show us and He'll highlight something and we can choose to 
see it his way or we can choose to stop it right there it will constantly it never ends the choices will always be there always before you always it's just a choice whether we will live a life of saying lord i want to see it your way i want to see it from your paradigm i want to see it from your perspective and he will show you so i'm letting you make that decision just in a minute here and then we're going to wrap this up thank you father like Corin said earlier if you felt like you've been burned by a believer or you've held guilt and shame for anything you've done in the past guilt and shame is a terrible burden to pay, to pay or to try and carry you are not designed to carry it and neither should you because the price was paid deliverance is free forgiveness is yours you just need to receive it please do also please come up and talk to one of our ministers prayer ministers here I speak freedom to you I speak liberty to you I speak his love to you in abundance he loves you he will never stop loving you in Jesus name amen 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 hallelujah thank you my brother anything sweetheart you're good hallelujah well if if any of those if those uh uh, I spoke to any of you to come and talk to our prayer ministers please do that you know I, I'm you know I want to encourage you take a message like that and 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 dwell on it what is the Lord saying to you amen amen well we love you guys it's so good to be back here um, you are dismissed remember if you have our prayer ministers up front here we'd love to pray with you have a great week <laughs>